Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Esther chapters 9 and 10 and Job chapter 1. All right, we're finishing Esther's story, which is, has been incredibly interesting and has really blessed me this time going through it. Um, I want to make some important note, notes about um, the, the timeline about what we're reading. You know, the Bible in its state is the state in which God's, God intends it, but it's not chronological. Um, so when you're reading, if you read from Genesis to Revelation, you're reading the story the way that I believe God wants it told, but it's not in order of time, which time is a funny thing because God exists outside of it. So a lot of things in the Bible, there's several things in the Bible we don't actually have the ability to really place time on, um, and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit. And sometimes as we try to put together our own timelines, um, we struggle a bit as well because some of the things that we read about God was actually doing simultaneously. And so he was doing one thing at this place. He was doing one thing at this place and they match up around the same time. And, um, that just shows God's power. He's not limited to work in one place at one time, but he can work everywhere at the same time. Uh, work, he can work in the past. He can work in the future. It's very much, uh, beyond our ability to truly comprehend, but I want to just talk about it in the, for the sake of timeline for our understanding, um, because uh, Esther is actually we we believe we identify it on the timeline as actually happening um, right before um, Ezra and Nehemiah, and so we are we just read those books, but this is actually what takes place right before the return back to Jerusalem and the rebuilding of the wall and all of those great things that we just talked about. This is what prepared the way for that. So uh, I did just want to mention that, that this is sort of a reverse uh, timeline. Then after the wall is complete, there's really only one more book written, and that's the book of Malachi, timeline-wise. And then there's a 400-year, what we call intertestimony period, um, or, or it's a break between the testaments, so to speak, and uh, meaning there was nothing written, um, inspired by the Holy Spirit, for about four hundred years, and then Jesus comes. So it's this intentional time of silence, so to speak, across the world, um, which had not taken place um, since creation, but there was this kind of a calm before the storm, so so to speak. Um, before God's final act. And so, just to give you a little bit of perspective that we're, we're getting close to the coming Messiah as we're reading this text, but 
there's also going to be a period of stillness before he comes. And, you, and we can, you can study that period of time. It wasn't as though no one was doing anything. It's just that, that God was intentionally, um, he, was, he was intentionally reserved during that time. Um, so history was still taking place and kingdoms were rising and falling. But there's nothing being done um, during that, that period of time that is compares to the way God was moving uh, for you know the, for the last you know four thousand years leading up to that, if that makes sense. So um, we're picking up in chapter nine in Esther, and um, so uh, we've gone through this amazing story, and this is the final conclusion of it. You know, they had issued this day. Um, it was the twelfth day of the month. It was the thirteenth day of the year. The Jewish calendar is different than ours, but when I read it, I always think December thirteenth um, because of the American calendar. But so this this day of the year was official initially uh, decreed as a day when the Jewish population was going to be completely wiped out, which was a big deal because this is God's people, and uh, it looked like it was all but done. The the, the declare the uh, decree was declared, and I really didn't. It really didn't look like there was a, a person that was going to be a stand in the way of it. But God had already gone and risen Esther to power through uh, Mordecai and Mordecai's obedience. And I won't relive too much of what we've already gone through. But, you know, God's plan to save the Jewish people has come to pass. And uh, so now we're in that final place where it says in the 12th month, um, on the 13th day, uh, on the day in which uh, there was supposed to be a complete takeover and a wiping out of the Jewish people, uh, verse 1 says, uh, the reverse occurred. Praise God. The reverse occurred. What, what the enemy intended for evil, God turned for good, and the Jews gained mastery over those who hated them. Okay, so, and he goes through, and it says that uh, in total, uh, 75,000 people were wiped out in just uh, the course of about two days um, where and everyone was afraid of the Jewish people and they went from the least of these to the most revered and respected and feared um, and how many times has God done that with them over and over and over again and it's just by power uh, uh, it's just by his power and his favor upon them and when God when we have God's favor it doesn't matter our circumstances. It doesn't matter if you're, you're you know, incredibly well-educated um, as far as whether or not it's a blessing to be educated, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't um, limit God's ability to put His favor upon you. It doesn't matter if you're incredibly attractive. It doesn't matter if you're in peak physical condition. <coughs> it doesn't matter if you're wealthy. Um, time and time again, these the, the Jewish people were incredibly poverty. They and, and God literally um, triumphed for them and and blessed them for His name's sake. Because that's what you do for your children. You take care of them, right? Um, a rich man's children are never poor. Okay, a rich man's children are never poor, and we're children of God, so we're never poor. You know that's something we should never say. I'm always convicted when I ever even say that. If, if I ever even just in passing just say we're poor or, you know, we're, we're just, you know, because that's just not who we are. Um, because God is for us and we have his favor and he can turn our circumstances in a moment. Even when everything 
is against us, um, God can turn it in, the, in, in a moment's time. And so he did that for the Jewish people here. And so every all of their enemies are completely wiped out. Um, even uh, Of course, we, we read about um, Haman, but now they're even going to hang all of Haman's sons, uh, which sounds kind of brutal, but um, you, you, they, they wanted to wipe out um, just that, that evil um, bloodline uh, that would have would have most definitely sought after revenge um, and, and and it was just it was just the wiping out of, of a legacy of evil and wickedness and so you know all of that takes place in chapter 9 and they end up deciding to make a giant feast of it and this is just going to be a day yeah, that they put down in history as you know what on the 12th month of every year uh, you know on the, on the 14th and the 15th because um, those were the days the 13th, 14th, 15th those were the days where they were they were that this massive takeover was happening. You know, we're just going to celebrate this every year, year after year. Just remember the time when we were supposed to be dead, but God had a different plan. God made us alive, and we were supposed to be despised and rejected, and God made us feared and celebrated. And uh, so this is this is just a wonderful conclusion to an amazing story. And um, chapter ten um, goes on, and it talks about how. Uh, Mordecai is uplifted all the way to the second in command. And, you know, he's just, like I said, you don't have to promote yourself. You don't have to exalt yourself. You don't have to save yourself. You just have to trust in the Lord, have faith in Him, be obedient to what He tells you to do, and He will promote you. He will uplift you. He will save you. He will pull you from your ruins. He will fight your battles. He will turn the evil that appears to be against you for good. And what happens so much to us, church, is when we when we get in moments and situations where we feel as though evil has been created or is in the process of being created against us, we begin to fight in our own strength. If we're honest, we do. You know, we, we begin to start working in our own minds. We begin to start trying to figure this thing out. And you know what? In this day and age, that seems to be the responsible thing to do right well you know what that was the responsible thing to do back then too but it's not about the responsible thing to do it's not about fighting your own battles it's about standing still and letting the lord fight for you and listening to the things that he tells you to do because his plan and his ways are so much better there's no way that mordecai and esther two people could have in their own strength you know taken taken out and fought against you know the hundreds of thousands of people that were going to come against them and try to wipe themselves out. But they didn't have to because God had a plan. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. God has a plan. You have to just, you don't have to fight in your own strength. You just have to trust in his plan and do what he says. Now, as we're ending Esther, um, we're really out of time for the day, but as we're ending Esther, we're, we're going into the book of Job and this is one of the most interesting books to look at, especially from a scholar's standpoint, because we're unable to really pinpoint, we're talking about timelines, right? We're unable to really confidently pinpoint a timeline. Most biblical timelines do not mention Job, just so you know. They, they just cannot confidently say well enough where uh, his lifespan was in the, in the biblical timeline. There's, it's intentionally very vague. It does not mention a lot of the things that we're used to reading about in the Bible as far as lineage and um, 
geography and everything is just intentionally really vague. Um, it, it, it's just this powerful book. And based off some context clues, we're able to put it somewhere around the time of the patriarchs, somewhere around the time of Abraham. Um, we just kind of gained that because of the way that wealth was measured. It wasn't about silver and gold. It was about livestock and the ownings of land and buildings and that sort of stuff. And we, we don't see that way of wealth being measured um, you know, much further than, than past Abraham and Isaac. Um, and so that's where we would probably put it best if we could. But um, it's just this amazing story that I don't have time to get into today, but we're going to be looking at this over the next couple of weeks, really. And um, so um, I would encourage you to go ahead and start reading through the first couple of chapters of Job. It's an incredible story about how um, we can still bless God in spite of our circumstances. And that just as we learned in Esther, uh, Esther, God has the ability to turn all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose.